Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined by the Sultan of Steel, the Cape Crusader of McRae, MindFit's own Nick, the Sultan of Steel, Sutherland. Nico, how you doing, mate? Um, I'm, 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 I'm doing gratefully. I'm, I'm very grateful that I've, I've got all these tools at my disposal, my, at my resource because, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on right now and the Sultan of Steel is being tested and, and, um, no, we're, we're doing okay though. Beautiful. That's the bit, that's what all the tools are for. You know, I tell people like all these things, like it's, it's it's great and we'll use them when things are going okay in, in quotation marks but pulling out the tools and using them when things are getting tough and avoiding getting into as you would call it destructive thinking and complaining and all that kind of thing that's when we got to whip out these tools and, and put them to good use or even if you find yourself in destructive thinking that's where we do a mental rep and pull ourselves out of it and back into constructive we're, we're gonna we're gonna get kidnapped by the ego we're gonna we're gonna disappear into judgment and criticism you know it's it's gonna happen but yeah that's where we do the work um is in those moments are you so, saying that we're not going to be perfect uh, yeah sorry that's one yeah. thing that i hear i used to hear a bit and we have to sort of break it to clients early on they start doing this work it opens up a whole new world to them and they're they're seeing things differently and reacting differently but a lot of people they they get an idea that there's like a finish line and they're like, so I'm going to get to this point. They mightn't have verbalized it yet, but it's internal. I think, well, I'm going to get to this point where all of a sudden, absolutely nothing bothers me. I'm never going to get in a negative emotional state and everything's going to be piss easy from here on out. Yeah, we, we talk to clients about this is your apprenticeship. And when you finish your program, that's where you start your journey. Yes, and they're like, "What?" And I said, "So, so you know, the, the three amigos, we must be loved and liked. Um, I must be perfect, and I must get what I want." The antithesis for those is, uh, I don't know if I've done this with you yet. All right, so I'm going to provide some stimulus, and I want you to check in on how you feel when you receive this stimulus. Let's do it. Bring it on. All right, you ready? Ryan, you are ignorant, you are incompetent, and you are mediocre. <laughs> Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> now, you feel seen. People, you feel seen. I feel seen. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't give you an argument. <laughs> so it's so interesting. When I, when I deliver this, and I just I eyeball people when I give them this in the, in the first session, and it's like just because it's um, – and people have a very different response. Some people – get the heckles up and they get very defensive and fuck you, Nick, fucking, I'm not ignorance. Like, oh, okay, wonderful response. Other people are like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. But they're, they're agreeing with it not in a healthy way that resonates with them. Yes, I'm ignorant. Yes, I'm, like it's a put down. Um, but the reality is that we are all ignorant, incompetent and mediocre to some degree and that's okay. We can't know it all, see it all, do it all, have it all, be it all. So there's this beautiful paradox where we talk about people operating from the sense of deficiency, I'm not good enough, or I don't have enough, or I'm not getting enough, or whatever. So 
there's that sense of deficiency. But on the other hand, when I just surrender to our deficiencies, I, I am ignorant, incompetent, and mediocre. So I say to clients at the start of the program, right, at, at, at the end of the program, there's going to be a version of you that finishes your 12 weeks or your 12 months or whatever, and that version is going to leave here, and guess what they're going to be? And they're like, oh, enlightened and perfect. And I said, no, they're going to be ignorant, they're going to be incompetent, and they're going to be mediocre to the, just of a lesser degree, and that's still okay. And they're like, oh. And so people are like, well, what's the point of the program then? <laughs> like, well, you'll find out. You'll yeah. find out. Maybe it's it's being okay with being mediocre, ignorant, and incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a, a client. Oh, man, this dude. This dude has has performed one of the greatest acts of self love. I think I told you about him. He's, he's just completely surrendered, handed himself over, um, and and he's just in his relationships at home. He's just yep, okay, yep, I understand. There's no ego involved at all. And his, his wife said, it's like you've had a lobotomy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, yep, okay, yeah, I've had a lobotomy, sure. Um, and I said to him, maybe just go home and tell her that you've had an egoectomy instead. You've, yes. You haven't had a lobotomy, you've had an egoectomy. And he's like, okay, I've had an egoectomy. Yeah, he's just this... Equanimous. He's, he's just this, just this dude who's okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So be it. It's, it's, yeah, the, the transformation, I think I told you, you did a 12-week program in the last session. He finally broke down. He finally surrendered and, and, and yeah, big tears and, and we realized his insecurities and everything. And, um, and he was like that tight knot in a muscle that finally relaxed and released uh, and I said now we can do the work so then he went from a 12 week program and do a 12 month program uh, fantastic uh, yeah but it was it was just this act of surrendering I've, I haven't seen it on that scale since I did it you know, yeah that's amazing that, that would be quite amazing to witness for you I'm sure mm. it's um mm. Just, just on the topic of lobotomy, it'll tie into what we're going to talk about a bit later. Yeah. But for those that, you know, think that, you know, right now we're at the cutting edge of like mental health treatment and the medications and everything are, you know, fantastic and there's not much room for improvement. It was only a few decades ago that we were sticking ice picks up people's nose and scraping away at the prefrontal cortex of their brain in order to help them with mental health issues. Wasn't that long ago, Nico? <sighs> It was 1996. It was still legal for husbands to rape their wives in England. Oh, my God. One that I bring up all the time, and it's actually going to tie into something else I want to share in a minute, is that it was only the 1980s where the medical industry acknowledged that babies under the age of two felt any pain. So before that... Before that, it's like, oh, they they don't remember it, so it's not a problem. And so they would perform, if a baby needed a procedure like surgery or something like that, all they would give them is like, uh, instead of painkillers, they'd give them a paralyzing drug so they couldn't move, but they could still feel everything. Now, you want the definition of, of torture? That's it right there. And it makes my skin crawl to think about it. The 1980s, that was not that long ago. Just give them a dummy, they'll be right. A pacifier will just pacify them. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, and where, where do we get off? We're honestly thinking that we are these amazing, enlightened, but like, just just glance back, glance around us now. This is, we don't even need to go back a couple of decades. Have a look around at what we're doing in this day and age. And that's, oh. <laughs> I know. That's sad. I know. And I'm about to tell you, I got sad from something that happened the other day. Before we do that, I'm going to do a shout out. We went to doing last last week's episode, oh, yeah, and yeah. I forgot. Alison from Canada, a big shout out to you. Alison has been following along. Hey, Alison. Alison. So she's uh, commented on the YouTube video, "The Power of the Mind" episode back at episode number seventy-one. So refreshing. Shout out from this British Canadian. Thanks. Well, mm. she's given us a shout out, and we're going to give her one right back. Alison, we appreciate you. We appreciate you following along with the show, and we hope you are taking some value. So, thank you for that. And now, love, 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 love that you took the time to actually let us know and, and make exactly. Time, so. Yeah. Can you stop scratching the speaker of your computer, then? Nick? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, so ped- you're so pedantic. I'm so. <laughs> 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 I'm a little bit pedantic. I'll own that. Um, so uh, two things in the last two days have made me cry. All right. One has made me cry with, uh, joy, love and gratitude and appreciation. The other one has made me cry for, uh, sadness, uh, and hurt. Before you go into. Yeah, I know you're going to hear semantics made me cry. No, 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 I'm not. No, don't jump to that. Don't jump to that conclusion. Sorry. I made that assumption. Yes. It makes an ass out of of me. Yes. Um, I was just talking to Shane earlier this morning about if we could collect the tears, this sounds a bit morbid now I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> not to drink, we don't want to drink the tears. If we could collect the tears from people who were crying with joy and crying with sadness and crying with grief, I would, and, and we could analyse those tears, I wonder if the chemical compound of them would be different. I wonder. It have to be. Uh, yes. It would have to be, yeah. I know that um, Dr. Emoto, have you seen that one who did the, the mm, water study? Mm. Yeah, that. I wonder if he thought of doing that or maybe experimented with that because he would take um, water crystals and he would treat water differently as in he would, you know, have um, water and put the word hate on it um, or, or the word love or that kind of thing or play different types of music and then analyse the molecular structure of, of the water crystal on a microscope and it looked drastically different it's quite incredible and i imagine that would be the same way with tears surely because it's coming from our body and the body is in a certain biochemical state um emotional state at the time um a school incidentally we've spoken about this in an early podcast a school tried to replicate his stuff and found it to actually not be factual yeah yeah have we spoken about that yeah yeah i'll um i'll have to research that um, All right, so, so I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to learn what what. So what I just had the vision from. of like having like a little mantelpiece with these little vials, and I'm like, these are my sadness tears. Here are my joy tears. <laughs> these are my grief tears. My sh- shameful wanking tears. <laughs> <laughs> and they created a wanking. How come, that's, how come that one's in a bottle and not a small vial? <laughs> <laughs> how come there's a vat? <laughs> It's a giant barrel in the corner, Ryan. <laughs> it's my wanking shades. It's a little bit out of balance here. Like, yeah, okay. We probably should put that somewhere else. 
Just, just hide it, hide it away. Honestly, can you put that blanket back over that vat in the corner, please? It looks like a table. <laughs> Why's Tommy? Don't let Tommy swim in there. Don't let Tommy swim in that pool. I told you, don't, don't put it in the garage. I need it later. <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, listeners. Oh. <laughs> I'm crying again, third uh, day in a row. These are these are these are humor tears. Collect them, collect them. Uh, um, right. So, yep. To, yep. Um, to, so two things last two days. Do you want to start with the, the joyful one or the sad one? Yeah. Oh, anyone that comes to mind first. All right, I'll do the I'll do the sad one. Okay. Um, so I um I spoke about the you know how the babies in the medical industry not acknowledging pain. One of the big passions I have is trying to educate people around developmental trauma, um, things that happen in those developing years, and oftentimes things that yes the overt things that happen to a to a human being, but also products of uh, a lot of Western culture. You know, are those formative years important? <laughs> what? All right, all right, Mister Facetious. Um, <laughs> they seem to play a role. They seem to play okay. a role. Okay. And right. so um, I'm obviously really aware of that. And then I obviously, you know, educate on it. And I talk to people who like they're, they're into it because they're in my courses or that kind of thing. Or I speak to other practitioners and they get it. And then I'm sure you've had this over your time, Nick. I've had it with, you know, drug discussions and that kind of thing. Whereas like you kind of, you move in certain circles and you're like, you start to think like, oh, society gets it. Like we're moving in the right direction. Then something happens where you're like, oh, no, they don't. It's got a, this kind of deflated feeling. Have you had that before? Oh. I think I just generally feel sad about humanity anyway. Yeah. So I don't, I don't tend to. No, not really. I'm joking. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I have a. I'm just thinking off the top of my head quickly. Um, my general perception of humanity I, I am hopeful for humanity but i'm realistic in what humanity is so yeah. i don't tend to get too deflated no yeah yeah i did so what happened we're at kmart me and tommy and we're looking at the new dinosaurs that they're at new jurassic world movie coming out in a couple of weeks loves dinosaurs right right into them and um there was i saw sort of down the end of one of the aisles this like little girl and she would have been like two at the most right and she's kind of by herself and um you know there's this uh bubble mixture thing there's these big bubble like cylinders of bubble mixtures like a wand and like if you unscrew it you mm -hmm. can wave the wand and there's bubbles she's like literally two maybe less and she's unscrewed it and doesn't know what she's doing so the bubble mixtures um starting to like go onto the floor and mm -hmm. so then i i kind of turn around i see a dude sort of walking quite fast this way you know a bit away i'm like oh that that'll probably be the dad and i started walking off with with tommy and um I just see yeah, this look in his eye and I'm like, oh man, he looks pretty upset. And anyway, he sees her. I didn't see it because I'd already walked away a bit, but I heard it. He's seen that she spilt it. He hit her and then um, grabbed her and picked up and started started pacing off. And she's obviously started crying because her father just hit her. And then I can kind of hear briefly, you know, him walking away, kind of yelling at her to stop crying. And I just, at first I was like, I wanted to go and grab him by the throat and throw him up against the wall. Um, and then once the, after a minute or so, this anger and rage started to subside and I just literally started crying. 
uh, in the middle of Kmart because I was just thinking of the tens of thousands of times that exact thing is happening in that simultaneous moment all around the world. And we wonder why as a society, we struggle so much with mental health. We struggle so much with addictions. We struggle so much with stress. Uh, we struggle so much with needing to get onto the next moment and, and work or maintain busyness to some degree. We have so much trouble being alone is because you can take an innocent child who has done nothing wrong, hit them, make them cry, and then immediately tell them to stop crying when you're the one who's caused them to cry. And it just, it broke my heart so much that I felt for her and anyone like her in the world. Well, I feel for you and for her and for him. I'm just, you know, yeah. in that moment, I understand that initial rage, but, um, you know, an eye for an eye and the world goes blind. We become what we don't like in the world if we if we act in that way. So, yeah, it's, that man needs compassion, but it speaks of, you know, when we, we talk to clients in here about EQ, that emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, he had none of that. And then social awareness and then relationship management, he, he, he could do none of that. So the, the Ram Das expression, we're all just walking each other home. Yeah, we're, we're, we need to walk our kids home and do a better job of walking our family and friends home and society home. Um, but we can't do that until we can learn to walk ourselves home first. So this man wasn't able to walk himself home. He's in no position where he can then give to his relationships what they require, which is love, tenderness, compassion, understanding. So it's, yeah, you're, you're right. It's just, it's sad on, on many levels, but it's also reality. So we work, we work with it and go, okay, this, it's not outside the realms of possibility or probability this is going to happen. We have to work in the reality, not the reality of what we would like to happen. And I, I have to surrender every day to, to that. Um, surrender any desires for a utopian world and, and just go, you know, and I, I tell clients the, st the story of, of when Buddha reached enlightenment and he, I think I've told you, and the, the birds flying and the the, the leaves falling from a tree and the, the woman's being bashed or the child's being bashed. And, and we sit there in that moment in our ego, in our judgment and go, that is bad, that is wrong. But we don't know because if that, you know, that may, that's going to leave an imprint on that little girl. But if she grows up and goes, right, I'm going to teach because of that moment, she then takes martial arts and she goes on to win an Olympic gold medal and she then teaches all these other girls to defend themselves. And, you know, so on that surface level in that moment, it's terrible. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's tragic. On a deeper spiritual level, we, we don't know. So, yeah, you don't know the outcome. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that as initial, the, the anger that I had, the rage, this ego reaction, and then it dissolved. Mm. It's like, I realized, even though it doesn't seem like it, like he's doing the best he can with the capacity and the knowledge that he has. And then all of a sudden, I just thought, I, I think I probably just felt a bit of collective suffering in that moment yeah, of all that yeah. was going on. And, and it just, um, it did brought me, uh, bring me to tears. Um, so that was a sad one. What was the flip side? So, oh, yeah, this was yesterday. So good. Um, me and Tommy went out for lunch. For those who don't know, my son's three and a half. We're at this cafe and we're sitting down just eating lunch. And this is just this spawn. This is why I love kids. I obviously love my son, but I just love kids. They're so in the moment, right? And so we're just we're munching down some food. We're in like an arcade between two cafes and people kind of walk in this arcade. There's a bit of music playing. And all of a sudden, 
out of nowhere, maybe Tommy was into Michael Jackson songs when he was in a past life. Billy Jean comes on, right? And he yeah. just spontaneously goes, oh, well, I've got to dance. And I'm like, all right, mate, go for it. And he gets out of his chair and stands in the middle of this arcade and just rocks out for like probably three songs in a row. And while he was oh. doing that, everybody in both cafes who were sitting inside all just got glued to him. And all of them are starting to smile. Different, like, people were popping their head out the door, just yeah. going, yeah, buddy, go for it. And then people that were walking into the arcade were all smiling. Two, like, grown women separately came in and saw him, and they just started dancing with him as well. And I just saw this... I'm getting going to cry again. I just saw this moment where everyone, we just felt so connected. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it's in, it's such the opposite kind of to reaction mm -hmm. where I felt all this sorrow. I'm like, my God, we're, human beings are basically at their core so good. And we want to feel connected. And, and a moment that a child can have can be that it can break down the walls that people all have mm -hmm. up, whether consciously or subconsciously. And we all just felt so connected in that moment. So that was my, um, my tears of joy and gratitude. What a beautiful experience all around. Yes. You know, it's, it's, and this is, this is where what we do the work on not falling into that binary mental trap of good and bad and right or wrong. It's, it's, it all just is. And, it, and as a collective experience, it's a beautiful experience. There's pleasant and unpleasant in the world. There's black and white, there's yin and yang, there's sun and the moon, there's fire and water. So, um, yeah, to, uh, I don't know, maybe Mars is in retrograde or something, or, or Venus is in Uranus, but um, it's, uh, I hope you use lube, but um, Jesus. it's... Uh, <laughs> Take a deep breath before that one. And, and, and didn't fill up your vat afterwards. <laughs> you should see Ryan's face right now. <laughs> Oh, but uh, I, uh, I too was having a moment of. of... <laughs> it's bad. It's like our teenage selves have taken over today. I know, I know. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, where's my fat? Um, I had a I had a moment yesterday or the day before where I was I was sitting here and talking to someone about what's going on at MindFit and and just I, I just allowed the sensations the emotions in relating to it all and, and just we're in such a growth the community is going to come together and and it's just i was just filled with this sense of gratitude i've been having these very deep gratitude experiences lately and it was yeah i was just i was just sitting there and oh with clients i, I cried with clients Lately, a couple have been finishing their programs and just, they're just describing what their life's like. And yeah, I'm a hugger now. Who would have thought? And, and, and I get to connect with people and just sitting here listening to what people have achieved. Like, it's just, it's beautiful. This, this kid the other day was like, I'm taking control. And, and Bloom, if I had hair, it would have blown my hair back, you know, with this, this act of self-love and I, I got emotional about that it's, it's so wonderful to, to to be in the experience of things like that yeah just to, to see 
uh, what a human being is capable of. You know, they get, it's like they're breaking the the chains and the binds of some, you know, mm. some past programming that and realizing that they can be something different and then owning that. And there's something so incredibly inspiring to me. You know, I heard like Joe Rogan go on a rant years ago and he's like, you know, I'm not that interested in talking to someone who's like, you know, got stuff on a silver platter or they've, you know, haven't had too much trouble and been looked after life. Cause give me the dude who's fucked up bad and they've mm-hmm. fucked up bad and they've turned their life. And that's the guy at the party. I want to go speak to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's just inspiring to hear another human being who's, you know, doing something differently and taking themselves out of what you would call that, that unnecessary suffering and realizing that they're powerful, more powerful than what they've thought in the past. Totally, totally more powerful. Uh, all right, so okay, I'm, I'm stopped crying finally. So good, medicating normal, uh, a documentary mm-hmm. that Nico you sent me. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> something that I've. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> you start. Done, done, done your homework, house. <laughs> I've been busy crying. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. It's been uh, had to fill the vat up this Filling week. Filling up the vat. Uh, it's been evaporating uh, at a wild rate. Filling up. <laughs> I haven't had time to do my homework. Uh, no, but yeah, I, so I, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts and what was covered, and then I'm happy to put my thoughts in because it's something that I've, I'm very have followed for many, many years, and I'm interested to hear what was in it and what your thoughts were. You could have just watched it as well, but um, just I'm no. passionate about it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, so it came up. I'm, I'm a subscriber to the streaming service Films for Change. Um, some amazing, it's just all documentaries. It's it's fantastic, um, and yeah, this email came through. This is this is what's being released and, and medicating normal. And it piques my interest. So we're having we're having Wednesday night at our house is doc excuse me documentary night. So each there's four of us in the house. Every week, one a different person picks a different documentary. Um, so we we kicked off with medicating normal, uh, US based, and it follows the lives of a few different people, mainly veterans um, uh, who have been prescribed medication and what their journeys are like. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, talk about sad. It was it was just on many levels, it was very sad, but the, the, the broad overview was that they, they were getting medicated for their medication um, and they were on 14 different types of medication and it was just, just, it's completely debilitating and it gets to the point where they have to taper off all of these medications to so, to such a degree that even some they can't because they are so dependent on them now and and it's just the norm that's you know these people are coming back from war and, and saying i feel sad and the people who are there to look after them who have um, spoken the Hippocratic oath that it is my duty to care for you. Just throw these pills at them and say, "Take this, you'll feel better." Instead of saying, "Go and be sad," and and it's okay and connect and 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 time will, you know, do its thing and you'll be okay. So it was it was tragic on. Uh, 
a humane level, on a community level, on a veteran level, on a personal level. I've, I've never, I, I chose um, to be in charge of my own journey um, and I never went down the medication path. Uh, I never took prescribed medication. It was tried to be forced upon me by all and sundry, a lot of these mental health experts that I'd connected with and I defied their... Um, their suggestions and I'm really proud that I did and really grateful that that part of me took that stance um, but these people had the white white coat sort of um, what do they call it the white coat thing yeah, I, where, uh, uh, yeah I know syndrome white coat white coat yes. syndrome where, where we just doctor says this do this um, so yeah I mean yeah, following the lives of these different people and, and the, the, the ripple effect it had on them mentally, physically, um, socially, it was, it, was, it was traumatic, like really fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just a disclaimer, you know, Nick and I aren't doctors or psychiatrists. This is not medical advice. If you would like to do anything, Hi, please Dr. speak Mitch. to them. This is just our opinion. You sound like Kermit the Frog or Jordan Peterson then. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's but you can see it's just it's it's a slippery slope that once it starts, it tends to kind of keep going. So it's like, you know, I'm a human let's use the veteran example. So I'm a human being that I've been ordered and been put in what is quite an unnatural environment for a human being to thrive in and not pick up mental and emotional scarring. You know, yeah, you're saying things that you're not designed to see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and so then you come back into a different environment, and you know, classically, we just thought, oh, you know, as soon as they come back, they'll be fine. But it turns out, us human beings tend to carry our past experiences with us into our current reality. Um, mm. Funny about that. And then um, they feel so down and so flat, and so many people don't have the education, don't understand why. And then someone, yes, in a white coat, some of, of authority says, take this, this will make you feel better. Like, of course they do. Of course, most, the vast, vast majority of people do. But then that does start this cascade. And you're right. Like, I've seen it, you know, with veterans, with so many people, it's like, hey, doc, it's, it's been three months. Um, I maybe I felt good for maybe the first two weeks. Now, then I felt the same. Now I feel worse than I did previously. Um, I'm going to stop these meds. And it's like, well, no, you can't just come off them, but we can give you some other ones to counteract what's happening with these ones. And then it just keeps going. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you're at this point where it's like, it's, I'm told it's really dangerous to come off these. The side effects on the on the side of the bottle say suicidal ideation is a side effect. I like, so who was it that said there's no side effects of a medication? There's only effects. We shouldn't keep calling them side effects. They're all just effects, right? That's and so, perfect. you know, we're in this place where it's like, I now have to have some sort of program. And we saw it at the center over and over again, where we have to now detox um, in, a, in a controlled manner from things that I've gotten from a doctor. They think, oh, I only need to detox from stuff I get from the dealer down the street. It's like, no, no, no. They're, they're, these are really strong drugs that alter the chemistry of our body and our brain. And um, we can end up, that's why, you know, a lot of studies show that after six months, over half people, taking an SSRI feel as depressed or more depressed than when they started. So I've got this, the same problem, yet now I'm on this drug that I don't want to be on, but can't come off unless I taper off slowly in a controlled manner. So it's, it's, it's a really hard one. Can you explain to listeners what an SSRI is? 
selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So when you think of classic antidepressants like Prozac, uh, Lexapro and the like, that's what they are. Um, so they act on the neurotransmitter called serotonin. They um, stop the reuptake of that molecule in order to create more free to serotonin between the neurons in our brain. Um, so the idea is the more ser serotonin is associated with positive mood, the more serotonin, the more happy someone is going to be. Unfortunately, it's not quite as simplistic as that. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. Good, 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 good in theory. It's, it sounds great in, in, in theory. And that's, that's once again, I mean, this is the, the society we live in and searching for the quick fits. Like if you literally call something an antidepressant, it's like, oh, hang on, I've got mm. depression. That's an antidepressant. You know, it's like an anti-venom. If I get bit by a snake, you know, that sounds, mm. that sounds like what I need. And it's that desire that I just, it's, you know, that's why we talk, Nick. It's like, you know, can I take what you take someone through in a 12 week or 12 month program and put it in pill form? Like you'd be a billionaire. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like that, that desire to say, please, please, I'm busy with all this stuff. I've got family. Just give me a pill that'll make this go away. I've got to, I've got to work. I've got to function. I've got to earn a wage. I've got to support my family. So it's a, it's a delicate conversation to have because we, you know, we need to validate what people are experiencing and what they're going through. And yes, you have all these things, but you know, I've had clients come in here and say, Oh, I don't think I can, I don't think I can afford to break down at this time. I've got too much to do. And I'm like, well, we're not talking, you're not We're not talking about breakdown ending up in a psych ward. We're talking about a breaking down of your, neurological pathways and of your patterning and conditioning and behaviors and, and it's not just a i can't just press a button on your forehead and you sort of collapse like that's that's not you're not going to be completely um dysfunctional it's just a a, a gentle change you can call it changing instead of breaking it's it's the same thing yeah but i've even you know had the thing let, let's say with with say illicit drugs and someone's like oh i can't not I, I can't stop using now because i can't afford to take two weeks off work it's like yeah, in yeah. what culture are we living in where that like you can't you come in here saying my life's a complete mess i'm on the brink of like ending everything like blah blah oh but i can't take two weeks off work <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's I, I had a client the other day go okay you know we we at week eight of the 12 week program we discuss how the client's tracking and progress are making and is 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 four weeks enough time to achieve what we want to achieve or do they need to transfer into the 12 months and a very high percentage of people transfer into the 12 month because they're enjoying the work and they're, they're getting so much out of it uh, and this guy said, no, no, I can't do that. You know, it, it costs too much and I can't afford it. And I said, all right, well, I understand that. Um, but, but just go home and write a list of the amount that you've spent on illicit drugs and alcohol and junk food and gambling and shopping and da, 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 da. And, and then just sit down and have an honest conversation about, you know, it, we, we never say I don't have enough money for cigarettes or alcohol no one ever goes I, I, I can't afford that we always find the money for those coping mechanisms yeah yeah oh man like the amount of times i would crack the shits about you know something that maybe my ex-wife or someone like spent on you know something or, or i wouldn't i wouldn't buy something that was of benefit to me like i would have back in the day never have paid a hundred dollars for to go and talk to a counselor or something 
yet yeah. I could blow $1,500 on a night out and there would not be one part of me that went, that was a waste. That was a sound <laughs> investment. <laughs> was, I was, it was so easily justified, you know, but that's... Bitch, once what, are you, what are you doing paying $300 for a meditation yeah. retreat? And these magnesium tablets cost a fortune. Yeah. What were these? 20 bucks? Oh, my God. <laughs> Next thing, <laughs> who wants Jaeger bombs and a whole bunch of Vickies? <laughs> My shout. <laughs> and then who wants to who wants to go speeding in their car and get a fine and then not pay your registration and then all of a sudden end up with your car impound and then you're at court and like just the ripple effect. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it is. It's it's hard to for people to get their head around. So, yeah. Um, Okay. Medicating normal. Medicating normal. So what what were some of the the outcomes that these people had? You said obviously it was very tragic to see the ripple effect it had into their lives. Were they taking people through a process of just documenting their journey or were they trying to get off them or what was it? Yeah, they're trying to get off them. So so a couple of the veterans ended up going to this veteran camp um, where there was this wonderful psychologist. She was a commander in the Navy um, and she was doing a lot of work. so they, they were talking about big pharma and the studies and you know uh, uh, the, the issues with big pharma obviously and i, I can feel you getting sort of all let, i feel like i'm about to get out of the cage let me out let me out that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some anger and, tears <laughs> <laughs> and there were all the studies and you know all the research is paid by big pharma blah 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 blah, blah. um but then they found these beautiful people who were genuinely interested in in the humanity of it all and in the, the the caring and the healing and the the you know we talk about the hard path and the easy path in here and that the easy part is to say yes give me medication yes give me a quick fix yes give me a pill the hard part is to do the work and thankfully these people um, have put themselves in a place where they can you know like me take people on a journey and guide them through the hard path um and and this this one woman who wasn't a veteran she she wore a little hidden mark camera and went back into her gp and said right this is where i was this is what you said to me and he's like yeah yeah but that's that's true and no, i stick to that and da, da, da. she says, but here's all this evidence you give me someone who's suicidal a medication which the effect of it is to have suicidal ideologies like what reality does that math add up mm. and he's like no no you know it's it's all good and just so it was it was an insight into the system in, in terms of the medical system and the, the doctors within that and and i guess yes i am having a crack at some of the doctors and it was a insight into the, the big pharma and the, the pharmaceutical industry it was an insight into the the, the veteran community and the veteran, the, the military system. Um, and, you know, this one veteran, and it was so, this is talk about unnecessary suffering. If you go back to the source of what occurred in most of the cases, some general counseling would have helped, would have been enough, right? But years down the track, he lost his wife and da da da, just all this stuff happened, and, and you just like, it was, it was so unnecessary, so much of what they experienced. So, yeah, he, he his ex-wife had been on the... Uh, what was she on? Um, 
ADHD. She'd been prescribed ADHD and been on these drugs for 13 years or something. Adderall. Uh, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> um, and I don't know, it, just, it was interesting sitting there as a family watching this going, you know, what, what's... Because Isaac, um, our son, he, he's... Yeah, being diagnosed and tried and, and medicated, and he's he's doing a really amazing amount of work at getting himself weaning himself off a lot of the medication that he was given, um, and he's finding it really challenging. You know, the, the 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 stuff that they've put him on, he's like, I'm I'm feeling a lot of effects of this coming off it. Um, so it was very close to home on that front, and, and as a veteran on that front. Um, so yeah, it's highly recommend sitting there and and but just sitting there and and as, and as a witness, you know, we don't have to ride these people's roller coasters. We don't have to get angry on their behalf and whatever. We can just sit there and, and suspend our beliefs and just just watch watch the reality of what's going on for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> early on. Yeah, I was when I first started getting into this field and doing a lot of research and I was got I got quite frustrated and angry and it's like we need to make change and fight the system and we need to bring down these companies and that kind of thing and the truth is it's like it's better just understanding you know what they are and like accepting that reality and there's a couple of the realities that I found is you know number one you know medication for some people is fine as long as it's in combination with taking the hard path and doing the work, it may enable people to be able to do that work, right? Well, if if you, if you sorry to interrupt, but that's when people understand this. It's if I think we spoke about it really early on, but it's probably worth mentioning again. Um, if if you are born with a physical illness that needs medicating for life, like diabetes, type one diabetes, you require medication. Yeah, for, for life, and, and that's that's understandable. So mental illness, some people are born with schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, all these things. So there is a there is a, a requirement for medication there, yeah. Um, but then people, so that's endogenous depression perhaps, where exogenous depression, circumstantial reactive depression, um, I can't work with someone until I can reach them. You know, so sometimes medication is required short term to to stabilize someone. Yeah, and that could be like a, a three month sort of journey for them. But then GPs aren't doing a good enough job of going right. We're going to do this for three months. We're going to stabilize you. Then we're going to link you in with a mental health practitioner who's going to take you on this journey. It's just like medicate you and out the door next, please. So there is a time and a place for medication. It is very applicable for for people without mental illness uh, if they're deep in their suffering and they need stabilising. So then a professional like you or I can access them and do the work with them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's like that that subset of people who really need it maybe for the long term is such a tiny percentage of the overall oh, people that are taking it on an yeah. ongoing basis and then the people who may need it for a certain period in their life let's say for two or three months end on it for two three ten years now what that is good for is it's good for business like we need to understand that we live in a capitalistic society and that you know pharmaceutical companies are massive business and they're in the business of selling profits of uh, selling products and making more profit right so it's like don't you know i've gone from hating it to kind of accepting it but it's like we should at least educate ourselves of what this is 
So it's like but you some... understand it now. You understand the nature of the beast, and in that you're not getting, you don't have the expectations that it should or shouldn't be there. It's like, well, it is there, but it's supply and demand as well. Like we we have to insert ourselves into the equation, and we as consumers need to start having some self agency. Going, you know, you, and it's hard with the, the amount of advertising and then all this sort of shit. But, but turn your TVs off for starters, and and then just really sit there and, and have some intervene in your own in your own experience yeah and it's like we do have to take personal ownership you brought up the add thing like the, the the amount of adult adhd diagnosis now has just exponentially gone through the roof every second person now is doing a quiz online they've got adhd now is there a factors in that? Yeah, I reckon like phones and, and the laptops and computers are having, and that's not to say that gives them a diagnosis. That just said, well, I have an attention problem because I'm constantly being distracted. <laughs> but more often than not, like two out of three people, if, if they were honest and I can kind of see through it, they just want to be prescribed stimulants so they can justify taking a drug. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't really have adult ADHD. You just want to justify and say, oh, no, my doctor gave me, you know, Adderall or Ritalin or um, Dexamphetamine or whatever it is and, and have it. But if we understand that, you know, it's a business and like selling more products on a more reoccurring basis, you know, is what makes these businesses incredibly profitable. And if you start to understand that, where the studies are funded you know how the studies are presented to people i don't know if they spoke about xanax i'll touch on it really briefly because that's one when people start to get quite out of control it's like how can i sedate you how can i kind of keep you quiet enough it's the the adult it's the adult dummy it's the adult pacifier yeah so it's a really strong sedative you know xanax and and when you look into uh this one of the studies that got Xanax over the line in 1987, maybe. Um, it's like it was it was prescribed for panic attacks. So people are having X amount of panic attacks a week and this medication will help them stop. And it's like they went from zero to eight weeks and they went from whatever panic attacks they were having was nearly half as many a week on Xanax. And then the one that people, because what you can do, you can go into a Freedom of Information Act um, uh, through courts and a lot of people have done this to get the actual full study because if I'm a company I can do 10 studies and give the FDA one I can do a study and give them a little bit <laughs> of that study it's the equivalent of I love Johan Hari's example is it's like when we're trying to take a selfie and we take like 20 and we're like oh look crap my nose looks funny I'm bling and then there's one that we put a filter on and that's kind of the one that we present to the world or that a company presents to the FDA yeah you've done a 10-year study but and, and, and it looks good for you up until seven months into it and all the so, rest it trends in so a that's what direction. that's what I'm getting at so this eight-week study said oh it, it reduces panic attacks by half it was actually a 12-week study and the last four weeks was then taking them off Xanax to see how they performed after coming off it guess what they ended up having double the amount of panic attacks a week than when they started. But it's like, oh, let's let's just give them those, cut off the end of that document and give them the eight weeks. And this is where people uh, can, um, not to say it's not applicable in some situations, this is where people can get trapped because I saw it with so many clients at the center. Now I'm fucking terrified of coming off it because as soon as I try to, my anxiety and panic attacks start to go back through the roof. So what do I do? <sighs> I'm just back on it, all right? And then I'm just all of a sudden, and then I get told it's dangerous to come off it. And now I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do? I didn't really want to go on this stuff in the first place. Now I'm trapped taking it all the time. 
But then they get angry at the system and angry at the doctors and everything. And my thing is, is self accountability. And that's you co-created this. You know, if you don't like what's going on, you are part of the problem. So you need to be part of the solution and stop outsourcing your anger at everyone else uh, and go, right, what, go into that. Because we stay problem oriented. We need to get solution oriented. And what's part of the solution is to stop wanting a label. So many people want mm. these labels. Oh, I'm feeling a certain way. What's, what's, the, what's the reason for this? What's the label for this? Someone go and get me that big book with all of the, the diagnoses that are, that's actually getting 50,000 more diagnoses a year. And, and, and everyone's slapping labels on their heads. And I'm like, when you come in here, take all your fucking labels off. Let's yeah. just look at you as a human. Because lab- labels, lab- labels are important to to some degree, but but have a think of a big thick texter and draw a square, and that's 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 a label, that's a box that people like putting themselves in because it feels good, it feels better. Ah, oh, I have ADHD. I have this. I have that. I have. It's like I have an answer to a degree. Yeah, I have. I have to. I have, now it makes sense. I can reconcile it in my mind. Yeah. Where instead of that thick, outlined box, if you have a perforated line da, 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 da. then all of a sudden it's a soft label instead of a hard label and it's not you have this it's you are experiencing this you're experiencing a state of depression your mind works in this way and it's not it's not a uh, you, you, you don't have to go to jail for the rest of your life it's not a death sentence yeah yeah those i'll get people come in and they've got like their little list prepared the first time it's like uh, i have bipolar type 2 disorder borderline personality um i have clinical uh, untreatable depression and then I'll, i would always say to them okay let's look at the symptoms of those things okay so you're a human being who's experienced these symptoms along the journey and they're like yeah no but like, no no buts <laughs> no, no buts because no. like, you're right that's that that's i love that little visual you have it's like this hard straight line box as opposed to being a dotted one where it's like hey i have experience these things let's see if we can address those and maybe expand that box or maybe step out of the box because yeah that it tends to if we identify with it it can confine us even more well it's it's the definite it's it's the difference between permanent and non-permanent that very thick outline box people make it concrete it's permanent we're locking it in i have this and and i now identify as this where the perforated box is temporary and everything is temporary in the law of nature everything's impermanent so all of a sudden we don't identify it instead of saying i have it's i experience um and and it's not forever it's just you know i can do something and affect change around it so really really important for those listening with a with a history of labels and being in a box to really sort of stop and with with someone objective and, and trained to start reevaluating all these labels. Yeah. And so so maybe give you an idea. It's like I like to whatever I'll, I'll use a current issue I'm having right. So I'm experiencing some some quite some back pain in my T1. It's been going on for quite a few months. And so it's like, all right, I need to take some action to try and understand and, and hopefully, you know, rectify this. So it's like I go and speak to different people and one of those is a doctor, right? So it's yeah. like, so, so before, you know, me, because I've been down the path where I'm like, just give, what can I take 
to make said thing go away, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, what can I take to make said thing go away? So then I go to the doctor and they say, okay, well, we can give you, we can give you some painkillers for the pain. We can maybe give you a, a cortisone shot in that area, which, which might give you some relief for a couple of months. We can look at surgery. I'm like, okay, let me go speak to the chiropractor. Let me go speak to the osteo. Let me go to this pain specialist who does um, myofascial and connective tissue stuff. And so you go to these people and then I'm like, okay, now I've got a bit of a look at how I have ownership now. I've got a menu of options from these different people. Now, what path do I want to take? right so i'm not blindly just accepting that and the first point of call for so many people is the doctor but it's like i'm not going to see that as one of the options on a menu that's the option and that's what i have to do there's no i'm I'm outsourcing then okay Mm -hmm. and that's what so many people like i speak to my my parents about this stuff a bit and because that their generation as well it's like you just go to the doctor you just do what you're told my dad and and you you have the same doctor for 50 years yeah yeah but even then, it's like, you know, my dad to go to hospital, he had a fucking heart attack like a couple of months ago. And turns out it was from medications he'd been put on. Um, mm. And like all the symptoms he'd had for the previous six months, I'm looking through all the side effects, the effects of these, you know, eight different medications. And they're the exact things um, that is going wrong. And I've got this because I, I we get the aftercare pack picked up from hospital. I'm like, it's like a fucking book of different medications that he's on. It's like, oh, we're going to stop that one because that fucking causes heart attacks and dizziness and blacking out. And I'm like, and then, and then but then as soon as something happens the next week, bang, I'm off to the doctor. It's just this automatic thing. It's right. It's like, it's not a menu on the table. It's it's the thing. But the root, the root cause of all of this is fear. Mm. It's fear. And I'm afraid... <laughs> I'm looking for a sense of security. I'm, we are hardwired as as humans to feel safe and secure. So I am afraid that I will die. It is the, the deep, 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 all the way down underlying belief that I'm afraid of dying. So I will do anything to not die. And and that's it's anxiety 101. That's that's where where I'm anxious. I I I am afraid. Give me something to make me feel better. Yeah, I had this experience with the, the, the current lady I'm working with, the pain specialist, and because I've worked with many people in the past, and you obviously you're working with a professional and they're educated and you respect their opinion, but there'll be certain things they kind of touch on, like, oh, well, it's this and it's causing that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, that doesn't quite feel like that's mm. kind of what's happening. And this lady said to me, she was poking around and, and asking me a lot of questions, and she told me, she goes, it's your body, you know it better than anybody. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's like she, I, even me, even my, with that awareness I was talking about, I was still kind of outsourcing a little bit to her because yeah. she was doing the treatment. She goes, it's your body. You know it better than anyone. It's like, yeah, I do. Emma and I were having a laugh the other day about um, chiros and, you know, chiros are, are in an interesting category and people have different opinions on chiros, but it's funny. We've been to the same one and, and he goes, oh, and that's the spot there and he makes the adjustment he goes oh you felt that didn't you and it's so suggestive it's so leading it's so and you you know on one level you you you, you've been trained to say yes but but then you override that and sit with it and think about it you go i I don't think i actually felt anything oh no you did Uh, the heat the heat's really reduced out of that spot now and and oh that was a good one that was oh that was i haven't had a crack like that for a while yeah you did really well there I'm like, are you trying to convince me or yourself? Yeah, it's like, I think because as well, we're both trained in like hypnotherapy and stuff and we understand that power of suggestion. 
so yeah, I'll often like in back in the past, I would say whatever. Like, oh, I knew you know that your left toe twitched when I did that in your neck. I'm like, yeah, it did, right? But now I'm like, no, it didn't. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so I think yeah, the the medicating normal. A big thing in what we're doing here is is educating. You know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Uh, that that's just a philosophy we're using here. Uh, yeah, you know, so we can change pain to suffering and then suffering to unnecessary suffering so we're going to suffer but then there's unnecessary suffering and people have been trained that feeling sad or feeling angry or feeling afraid or feeling embarrassed these are bad feelings mm. and they're, they're negative emotions and if you ever feel these things, it's bad to feel them and you don't want to feel them. So you have to go and, and, and change them and, and, and as quickly as you can to feel good feelings or positive emotions. And we are so focused on helping people to surrender to if, if it's appropriate to feel sad, then please just sit and allow yourself to be sad. If, if you need to, anger, anger's an interesting one. There's, there's something called dharmic anger and we had the whole Nick is angry episode podcast and, and, and you can still be angry without it being triggered, reactive, anxiety-based anger. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes anger is appropriate. Some, it's, it's important to feel embarrassed about things sometimes because, oh, oh, I sort of, oh, I stepped outside of my lane there. Or, okay, so it's an acknowledgement of some sort. So there's a very, every single emotion on, on the, the mental health spectrum, the, the spectrum of human emotions is equal. They are all equal. But our minds are so conditioned to operating at the unpleasant end of the spectrum and wanting to be at the other end. But the wanting to be at the other end is just compounding the, the existence at the other end. So, you know, there's so much work that we can do. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's hard initially, but then it gets easy. And, and it's like, all right, suddenly my brain's functioning in a way that I'm generally at the pleasant end of the spectrum. And something something happens and I can traverse down to the other end of the spectrum and feel sad but then i'll come back to this is my normal state now it's a really important <coughs> point it's it's the, it's not the emotional state that's causing you the problem it's your mind's judgment of the emotional state so and, we call it getting dis distorted at the distortions and, yeah. and disturbed at the disturbed at the dis yeah. I, i'm anxious about being angry uh, i'm anxious about being anxious i'm angry about being angry i'm sad about being sad yeah how's that and, working for, how's that working for you it's just I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling with reality in that moment. And it's like, as soon as you can, and, and a practice is like next time you are sad or angry or whatever, watch the mind, you know, create the narrative and the story and then just keep coming back to the actual experience of the emotion in your body. Then the mind will want to run away with it again, come back to the experience of your body. And when you train that attention, it's, it might link up with what I we were kind of started with, but that uh, fella in Kmart the other day, after the anger passed through and I was kind of having trouble describing it. I said, I kind of took on the, the collective, but it was really a state of sorrow in that moment. Mm. And there wasn't too many stories. And, and in the moment, like looking back on it now, it was kind of beautiful, you know, it was, yeah, so, it was appropriate. It was as Ram Dass talks about suffering can be grace. And I love that suffering can be grace. And, and yeah. I, I said to you, after you described it, I said, what a beautiful overall experience. And so that's, that's, 
you know, that the training, that's where we can get. It's like, imagine feeling sadness, sorrow, hurt, whatever it was. And that was perfectly okay. It was even beautiful. When I say beautiful, it's not like I'm happy or I'm excited that I'm in sorrow. It's not like that. It's just a complete acceptance of that state. That's why I could let some tears come down my face in the middle of Kmart. And there's kind of, there's a beauty to that. And it's just, it's the, I think that's such an important point. It's that when the mind steps in, it becomes a problem. But you said, you know, pay attention to the body, but what if people are wearing the labels of ADHD and I can't, I can't pay attention. What's the mind? What's the mind saying they can't do it? (laughs) But also, the mind won't fix the mind. We've been talking to clients about intervening and interfering, and we're we're interfering in a lot of other people's business, but instead of intervening in our own business. And so intervening is internal, interfering is external. So if we can intervene, and when we come into the awareness that we are, you know, changing into a different emotional state. We can ask ourselves, is this appropriate? Just a simple little question. Is this appropriate? Is it, is it appropriate to feel sad right now? Yeah, well, um, oh, well someone just passed away. Okay, I, I'm, what, what's the play here? What's the, if I go to my playbook, what's the play? Oh, feel sad. Okay, all right, I'm gonna feel sad for a bit. And what do I do? Let the tears come and I'll do their job and let it in the front door, let out the back door. Okay, and, and by the way, this is temporary. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, radio. And you can actually experience gratitude for the time that you had with the person as well. Oh, that's a weird recipe, but okay, I'll try that. This sounds like and, a manual, an instruction booklet that we should get very early in life. Maybe even learn it in school. <laughs> we're, we're creating it don't worry good it's on the radar it's on the radar good um where where conversely I'm, I'm i'm feeling sad oh right is this appropriate what's happening right now someone called me a loser yeah not really appropriate to feel sad right now this says more about them than it says about me the appropriate state here is compassion oh i'm sorry you, you you're feeling that way i'm sorry you're having that experience oh it's, not, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm sorry you're in suffering and you're projecting that suffering onto me. That's a, are you okay? Do you want to come and have a chat? Well, fuck off, you loser. All right, no, you can't reach you. So be it. Have a wonderful day and off I go. I don't need to, to be affected by that. Yeah. Love it, Nico. I love it. Uh, I love you. It up there. And I love you too, mate. We are me and Nico playing golf tomorrow. <sighs> it's all. Piss missiles every hole, Piss missiles. and ho- and and, and hosel rockets probably. As and well. hosel, yeah, yeah. It's a golf. We're in a golf with me, so you will get both. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> my t-shirts. Should my t-shirts up. Piss missiles and hosel rockets. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Oh, everyone, thank you thing. for tuning in. We hope you took something out of that, and we'll see you all next week. Nico, peace out. Shout out to our friend in British Columbia. Alison, shout out to you. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.